We're proud to be sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, win time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and much more. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make your flex time work for you. Visit MyFlexLearning.com B to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's MyFlexLearning.com B-E. Every child deserves a team. That's the belief behind Jigsaw Learning, a proud sponsor of the Bee Podcast Network. And it's why the company, founded by educators Curtis and Lorna Hewson, focuses on ensuring success for all learners through collaborative response an approach in which every child is supported by a team. Through customized professional learning that incorporates workshops, leadership development, online learning opportunities, and more, Jigsaw Learning can guide you every step of the way to create a plan to maximize the collective capacity in your schools. Learn more at jigsawlearning.ca. I've set up a system where I've put these people in these positions because they can do the job because I've empowered them to make decisions and do what is right for our kids and our staff, I don't want them to think that the buildings only operate when I'm here or that they always need to come to me to make a decision. Dr. Chris Jones here and welcome to Seeing to Lead, a show designed to help leaders increase their ability to effectively support, engage, and empower their staff through intentional practices so that they create an environment where everyone reaches their greatest level of success. On Seeing to Lead, communication rules the day as we hear voices from both teachers and leaders in an effort to examine perspectives, highlight misunderstandings, and provide steps to ultimately bridge the gap between what teachers need and provide through thoughtful dialogue. This show is about amplifying voices, creating understanding, and providing information to help everyone continually improve. I want to personally thank you for taking the time. Now, let's get to getting better. And so we're back for part two with Chris. And I knew from the start that this was going to be a two-parter because of, uh, of how long we could go on and talk for. So thanks, Chris, for spending the extra time doing this. In part one, you know, you were you were dropping all kinds of of just such valuable information about about professional development and personalizing things and and the structure of a school and things like that. And then we started talking about how to support teachers with all this compliance driven stuff. When you know we we so value local control because we know what our communities need and we're educating our students to go back out into the communities a lot of these times, but. Often, as hard as we work, uh, no matter what we put in, education is always going to ask for more and want more. And, and, you know, that leads to burnout, no matter how passionate you are about it. Because, look, we, got, we have families, we have other lives outside of education. How do you help teachers with that or walk them through that where once you get them engaged, get them fired up, how do you help them learn how to set good boundaries? Yeah, I mean, I think my first role or job as a principal is to be a model. And I'll be honest and tell you, I have not been a great model for setting boundaries. Though I've, I, I continually try to get better at it and I'm pretty honest and open with my staff. Um, but in my first few years as a principal in Orange, 
I fell into that trap of thinking, I want my teachers to really see me working as hard as they are for them. And one of the unintended consequences of that was teachers then thinking, because Chris is sending emails at nine at night, that I should be too. And I tell leaders this all the time to never discount that because it, it matters. It matters to teachers. They notice those things and whether you say it or not, they do interpret it that way. And so I am now trying to leave work at a certain time every day. I try to not send emails in the evenings or on the weekends. I try to sweep the buildings and kick people out of their classrooms. And so we all have to get better at helping each other. And I've told my staff at times, if you see me in my office at this time, please feel free to come in and say, Chris, get out. And I'm not going to be offended. I'll actually thank you for it because I sometimes need that. I need someone to say, why are you still here, Chris? I've actually, my deans of students sometimes, I'll text them when I'm not in the building and they won't answer me. And not because I, <laughs> for no other reason then, they know I'm worried, but they don't, but that I, I don't need to worry. And they'll say, Chris, you're off today. We're not answering you. And so I really appreciate that because they know I care a whole lot and that I don't want, I want them to know I'm available and helpful, but they also can, they're good on their own. Like they don't need me all the time either. So it kind of works both ways. Whereas I've set up a system where I've put these people in these positions because they, they can do the job, because I've empowered them to make decisions and do what is right for our kids and our staff. I don't want them to think that the buildings only operate when I'm here or that they always need to come to me to make a decision. So that takes a lot of trust and empowerment and time. But I also, I try to be very honest with all of my staff and show them what's important to me and what is not important. That's so to just to kind of wrap that up, give permission because often teachers need permission, mm -hmm. right? If it like teachers will, nothing, well, there's things that bother me more, but it bothers me a lot when I see a teacher email me in the evening because they've opened and read a parent email mm -hmm. in the evening. That that just that just grates on me. Yep. Because there's there's nothing going on typically that that email can't wait till tomorrow on their prep period or something like that. So they need permission for that though. They need permission for the 24 or the 36 hours or things like that. So give permission and you can do that by modeling is what you're saying. Set a schedule mm -hmm. and and that's super powerful, you know. The whole idea of setting a schedule and modeling for teachers because they do notice those email times. Mm -hmm. But that that setting of a schedule, I answer my emails at specific times of the day. So I'll come in and before I go out and start walking in classrooms, that uh, another hint to leaders is a block of time blocked off in my schedule that is sacred. I go out and do classroom walking around. But in the morning, I answer my emails. And later on in the afternoon, I answer my emails because really... Uh, otherwise I become a slave to what other people want from me. Correct. Correct. Instead of getting stuff done, I want to get done. And then the, the whole idea that, that that empowers them to be able to, to be able to set those boundaries and things like that. I, 
it's funny. I well, not funny, haha, but odd that we all fall victim to it. Like mm-hmm. you said about answering the emails at night and things like that. I just recently had a death in my family, and I was out in another state at the at the services. And it just so happened that some, it figures that's when things go sideways. Like we had some serious issues going on in the building that I caught wind of. So, you know, then I'm, I'm texting and I'm emailing. And finally, my assistant superintendent said, nobody's answering you. You're at a funeral. Stop. (laughs) And they all know I care. And it's not that I don't trust the people in the main office. I, Hey, look, they, they can handle it. Great. And, and, you know, plus with the assistant superintendent there, so everything was fine. But um, a lot of times we just have to step back and take a breath, like really, like stop. Yeah. And I think unintended consequences, like I, or I remember my first year as principal in Orange and, you know, a student is having, is in crisis in the hallway and I have two teachers there responding and I'm thinking, oh no, I, you know, they, they, they probably need my help. So here I go, try to help. And I completely make the situation worse because I, I don't know that kid real well. I don't know what trick, you know, I, but I want to be helpful because I figure, you know, I'm the principal. This kid needs help. I want to help. I didn't help the situation. And then talking to the teacher afterwards, she's saying to me, you know, her interpretation is you felt like I couldn't handle it on my own. And I was thinking, oh, my Lord, that's not what I thought. You know, so everyone has these different visions of us and our roles and what they want from us as principals. And sometimes the things that we're trying to convey actually get interpreted the complete opposite on the other side of it, you know? And so I think it's just being mindful of that. Um, And I I love that idea about blocking out your schedule. I do that a lot. I try to protect my time Um, and having accountability partners. So important. (laughs) Someone who can say, yay, go home. And that's, Formal or informal. It's funny because I had a teacher tell me that the teacher, I was having a meeting with the teacher about, it was a mid-year meeting that I do with all my teachers talking about, you know, what's working, what isn't, stuff like that. And they said to me, they said, um, don't think a lot of us don't see your truck outside of the building at like 4.30 in the afternoon, five o'clock in the afternoon. We know you're here late. And I was like, oh, (laughs) He was like, um, maybe you need to stop that or go home a little earlier. You have a life too. Yeah. And just things like an informal one that I didn't even, I didn't even solicit that. And that, and I've built a relationship with that teacher now where that teacher does that. I was, I was talking to one of my supervisors or one of the directors and I, I, it was probably like later in the evening I was talking to him and I said, okay, look, you've worked enough for the day. You just sent me an email, stop and all this and blah, blah, blah. And they said, okay, great. But can I tell you, it's 5.30 and you're, you called me. You're talking to me on the phone. And so what are you doing? I was like, okay, fine. Yeah, I, we talk about being seen and like all those things with our staff. I, you know, I was talking about being really upfront and honest with my staff. I try to be, I'm, I'm, I would consider myself a pretty genuine person and I try not to be a different person outside the school as I am inside. And I would hope that people know what I'm about, what I value, what I don't value. And I want my staff to see me as a person because there's this weird thing that happens when you become a principal, like there's this wall there and people start acting funny around you. And, you know, and, and I guess that will never change to a degree, but I at least want people to know that I'm still, a, you know, we're all human beings here, whether we're a leader or a teacher or, you know, so at our, at our core, we're all trying to do the best job we can and want, 
We want our staff to value the work we're doing. And I want to, and they want us to value the work they're doing. You know, we all just want to belong and feel heard and seen. And so regardless of what position you're in or what field you're in, that's just a basic human need that we all have. And we shouldn't ignore it, right? We should value it and honor it. Right. Awesome. Awesome. So as we get to the end of this, to the end of our, of our second, <laughs> our second half of this, I've got two questions that I ask everybody. And uh, I'm, I'm probably sure this is going to cause a little more conversation between us. <laughs> but um, the first one is about you. If you weren't a leader, mm-hmm. who, not what would you be? Yeah, I, um, I've been thinking about that one a lot, Chris. I, lo- I love the question. <laughs> and that who, not what, um, I struggled with, yeah. quite honestly. Because, again, it brings to mind, like, the for me, the, the blurred line between who I am as a principal and who I am as a person, because I, I would like to think that they're one in the same or at least very closely intertwined. I don't feel like I have this persona outside of school and then I'm, I have to change who I am to be the person I am sitting at this desk. So it's, I guess my answer to that was I want to be the same person no matter what I'm doing. I'm not trying to get out of the question, but I really feel like that. I I feel like I I work with other leaders who it's like they they do try to have these two different personas, which, you know, obviously we do have two different lives, family lives and personal lives and, and work lives. But I try to be at my core the same person. I try to be led by the same set of values. And so outside of that though i was thinking about what i just love about this work and if i what really drives me in the work and what might transcend outside of a school district is really group dynamics i, I read a lot and listen to adam grant a lot i'm sure you've heard of him and he's an organizational psychologist and i guess in this role i'm fascinated by group dynamics and how systems and organizations dictate how people behave. It just fascinates me as a person who works with different groups of people from grade level teams to school committees to, you know, we work with lots of teams and it's so interesting to me what dictates or drives behavior. Because, and what really got me interested in that was this, I was in my first couple of years as a principal in an elementary school and we get this kid and you, I read all the documents on this kid and I thought, oh my God, this kid is going to be a danger. He's going to, we're not going to be able to serve this student. He has brought weapons to school. He's been suspended multiple times. But I thought to myself, okay, with hold your judgment, Chris, let's, let's just see what we're dealing with here. And that student came in to us and we really doubled down on relationship building with him and having him... I built a nice relationship with him as teachers did. Was he a perfect angel? Of course not. But I'll tell you that student had a great year with us, still comes back to see us every now and then to visit. And I was just interested in that because I thought, you know, here's a kid who in two different environments had two different experiences. He didn't change, but the organization did. And so I think about that a lot as a leader in a school setting. We can't go around managing people's behaviors. It's not possible, nor is that anything I'm interested in doing is, you know, managing people. 
So what I am trying to do is create systems that would lead people to do their best work. And, and I've worked with teachers who have said the same thing. Like I was in another district. It didn't go well. You know, here are the things that I, you know, you know, were hard for me. I wasn't, you know, no one really understood what I was trying to do. And then they feel left out and then they, you know, they don't do their best work. But I know myself when I'm in an environment where I'm encouraged and supported and given the autonomy to do what I think is right and to be creative and passionate, I do my best work. And that's true for students. It's true for adults. So my, my idea as a leader is like, I want to build these systems so people do their best work. So they feel trusted seen and valued and feel like they're not being micromanaged and, and they're empowered to do the, the, the right work and their best work. So... That's a long way of saying I'm really just interested in how people interact and how different dynamics affect people. I just think it's 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 fascinating on so many levels. Man, I don't I don't know how you think you were avoiding the the question. <laughs> the question. It's yeah. kind of what you, I, I would you, be. What kind of who too? I mean, yeah, I, no, absolutely. I think you you handed it to me for even asking that question. (laughs) Man, uh, you know, it's funny that you said that because I, the reason I ask that question is because we always look at what people are and, and judge them. Like you, you said withholding judgment about stuff and we always, and see, this is why you and I get along, I think, because you're talking about, you know, creating systems that encompass everybody or that, that allow people to be successful in the way they need to be successful. When we talk about what somebody is, I think we should do a lot more looking at people for who they mm-hmm. are and not what they are, because that'll increase our humanity. I mean, the idea of, you know, I, I've had people come up to me before that find out I'm a principal for the first time, like a high school principal. They're like, seriously, you're, you're a high school principal? And I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm I'm sitting here in my scally, my shorts, and my Trust t-shirt. Me, I and get like, that all the time. You do not look or sound like a, <laughs> yeah. like a principal. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute, how am I supposed to take that first of all? But thank you. I yeah, I yeah, get that yeah. more than I'd like yeah. to say. Yeah. One other thing, Chris, I don't I don't want to divert the conversation, but you just made me think of something with my staff. When when you enter a new staff or enter a new school, I'm sure you see like. When you said something about what people are, I remember evaluating my staff and kind of getting to understand, you know, who they were and what they do. And I remember there was this culture of like people kind of pigeonholed into these certain roles, like, oh, that teacher is that person or, and I thought, oh, that's really interesting that they've kind of assigned them these roles. And by changing systems and by kind of letting them let go of those identities, putting them in new positions or places where I think they might highlight their strengths more, it's been fascinating to watch those same people looked at in a different way. Right, right. Not because they're different. They're not different, but their environment is different. And so as a leader, I guess, and as a coach or whatever role you're in, I think it's really, we should spend more of our time trying to put people in the best position to shine rather than trying to force them into something where, you know, I I feel like every, everybody in our school has a talent and an ability and 
can contribute some way. And our job is to find out what that is. Perfectly said. Perfectly said. So, man, the, the people got value out of that. Wait till I ask this next one. Oh, man. <laughs> Today's podcast is brought to you by Better Leaders, Better Schools, the place out-of-the-box leaders in education turn to to grow their leadership skills. Maybe you're interested in making better decisions, creating your idea week, or building a world-class culture. Learn more at betterleadersbetterschools.com. That's betterleadersbetterschools.com. I use Anchor to distribute the Seeing to Lead podcast because I find it to be the best tool to suit my busy schedule. Anchor has everything I need all in one place, offers hands-free distribution to everywhere podcasts are heard, and is free to use. I can use anywhere from some to all of its features based on what I need at the time. On top of all that, you can be mobile, recording, editing, and distributing all right from your phone. You can also easily make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So go download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. So the final question. Yeah. So we, we've talked quite a bit here about a bunch of different things, but what's the most important piece of advice you would give to leaders as they work to better support, engage, and empower their teachers? I thought I had an answer in mind before we started this, but I I might even change it based on our conversation. Um, Because one of the things that I was thinking about when you were talking, we were talking back and forth was how, you know, when you're in the system and you feel like there's all these things you have to do and it's about compliance, I feel like a lot of leaders, the easy thing to do when someone wants to do something different or unique or stretch out of their comfort zone. Sometimes leaders just, they don't want to go there either. So they say, no, I don't think it's a good time for that. Mm." You know, like this teacher who wanted to do flexible seating. Uh, It's easy to list all the things that, why you can't do it. But if a teacher ever comes to you and says, I want to try this, what do you think? I had this great quote someone, a leader gave to me once. It was all like, he has this uh, mantra that's like lean towards yes. So like, When someone comes to you with that, even if you think it's a wild idea that might not even work, try to do what you can to to don't shut it down. Because the minute you shut it down, you've put them back into a place of get back in line. That's not what we're doing here. And I've always tried to, when someone comes to me with an idea or wants to think through something, I try to, if I... I try to ask lots of questions and try to encourage them to think real deeply about it. You know, what could happen here? Why would you try this? Why don't you, I've seen this happen, you know, think about this. I try to encourage it by not shutting it down, but also trying to refine it a little bit and kind of maybe steer it in a way that I think is going to be super successful. Because again, if all those things you're worried about, I don't know, so many leaders get trapped because they think about all these things that could go wrong or what won't happen when most of the time those things don't even become reality. Right. Um, and so let them take it, let them run with it, let them go. And, and I guess it is kind of tied to what I was thinking about is like, just let go. So many leaders, we get stuck in like wanting to control everything. And if you really want to see change, if you really want to see it make its way through your hallways and into your classrooms, you just got to let go and see what happens. Uh, but that, I know that that's 
that's that can be challenging in these roles because we are ultimately responsible for all the things that happen. But I have seen the most change in my buildings by doing that, by just being supportive and saying, that's great. How can I be helpful? What do you need me to do? What things can I take off your plate so you can do that? Instead of thinking about all the things that might go wrong or that you might have to deal with as a consequence. Um, you know, so I think it's really as simple as stepping back a little bit, letting people own it, and then being there for support and, and empowering and entrusting your staff. I would think even it's, it's not even as, as simple as that. I would say that it's as important as that. Because I think just a, just a tiny shift in thinking, yes, lead with yes, but um, use yes and when somebody's talking to you instead of no, but, uh, or just that word, but is just so damaging, like you said to people to put them back into place. And, you know, it's, it's funny how often, because there is, there is a massive responsibility, right. That we have, because it it does stop on our desk. Mm -hmm. Um, And the things from below us stop on our desk and the things from above us roll down to stop (laughs) on our desk because other people don't want it. But, (laughs) but um, more on that later, but um, you know, we often think, and then speak our perceived problems into reality. And so if we could just, like you said, let go, step back, a lot of those things wouldn't even happen. Well, I have, I do some presenting or regional stuff web, you know, I do some PD around using social media and you wouldn't believe the amount of leaders that are so reluctant to use social media or have their teachers use social media, where I think it's the most powerful way to engage your community and your what's going on in your school and classrooms and the teachers that I have that use it, the relationships they have with their families are just, it's not even close. Uh, Right. But you wouldn't believe how many leaders and teachers are so scared because they think about all the what ifs, what if this happens? What if that? And I just say to them, it won't happen. And it just hasn't. I can tell you, we've been using social media in in our buildings for seven years. The, the positives outweigh the potential risks, not even close. It's not even close. Yeah. And we've had so few issues with social media. I, there, you can't convince me otherwise, but I, but I do understand why that's a hard, because you do start listing all those things. Well, I heard this on the news. I heard, what if a parent says something bad about your school? What if, and it's like, there are ways around everything. You can control that. You can. Yeah. So you know, it's, but that, that's what happens. And you, you do wonder sometimes when, when there is this all one size fits all system, how that impacts decisions that leaders have to make. Well, if you do this, then other classrooms won't be doing that. And then we're not all moving in the same direction. Yeah. Um, Oh yeah. It's a bit, it's a, it's risky. I mean, but it's worth it. I would say that it's worth it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's funny because, and just to put put some perspective on this for the listeners and any of the listeners that know me, I'm very active on social media. And that is because of you. I remember sitting in one of your presentations and it was back when you were going through IF, IFTTT and showing how everything's, yeah. you know, it doesn't take you a ton of time and stuff like that. But I, so I, you know, jumped on the social media bandwagon. And, and the thing is what I do now and I did it where I am is I find like negative Facebook sites where people bash the school and stuff. And I actually flood them with positive stuff yes. of the school. Yes. 
And it comes to a point where, and I don't respond because they do, they bash, they just, but look, if I put up pictures of kids or doing something special with kids and you have something bad to say, like, how's that anything wrong with me? That's right. And so it's to the point now where other people stick up for what we're doing when people bash. I don't even have to say. Isn't it great that when you build it like that, people police themselves on social media. I don't even have to get involved. I let the yep. other parents just, they, they quiet it so quick. Yeah. Um, yeah, they do. Yeah. Well, I've been, I've been, I follow all your stuff. So I, you know, and that's, <laughs> the, that's the, that's the thing with social media too, is there's just so much out there that we can learn from one another and we could probably do a whole nother podcast on just that. <laughs> right. But, so that's, that's the fifth show. Yeah. Of the schedule. <laughs> <laughs> Well, hey, you know, Chris, um, we're we're at the end of the show here. I, I'm I'm thankful for the time. Well, you I'm gave thankful me. for you always. Thank you. The um, I can't imagine people not wanting to get in touch with you if they already don't follow you on social media and stuff like that. So, what's the best way people can reach out to get in touch with you? Best way to get a hold of me is through uh, either my Instagram or Twitter. It's at Principal Dodge One. Um, I'm pretty active on both. Um, I always tell people, just follow me. You get to see what we're doing in our schools. You get to kind of see all the happenings. But also, um, again, I love connecting with other educators. So you can direct message me. I'm happy to make time for anyone that feels like we can do some reciprocal learning together. So the the feeling is mutual if if people do decide they want to check check me out there. That's awesome. And one of the things I do have to do is because, boy, you know, Instagram, I just can't get a handle on it. It's besides just posting like one thing, people are doing stories and all this. And I'm like, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't, I love the, 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 I love the people love storytelling through photos. I mean, you can't, yeah. you can't replace it, but that's a whole nother level that I haven't gotten to is the, the stories and things, but yeah. you know, there's always something to learn. And you know what, in, in a couple of years, there'll be a new, it will be something different. <laughs> right. Instagram. So right. we just have to be on our toes all the time, you know? <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, hey, thanks. Can't thank you enough. Really appreciate it. And um, I, I think these have been two great shows that people are going to get a lot out of. Thanks a lot, Chris. Appreciate it. Well, that's a wrap, but not the end. Next step, be sure to take action on something you heard here today. Thanks for listening to the Scene to Lead podcast. If you'd like to connect for any reason, Email me at drchrissj at gmail.com or catch me on Twitter at Dr. C.S. Jones. If you've gotten any value from the Scene to Lead podcast, you can help me and other leaders create a world-class environment through a teacher-centric approach by subscribing to the show, leaving an honest rating and review, and sharing this episode on social media with your most valuable takeaway. Learn more at drcsjones.blog. Continue to improve and go have a successful week. And now a quick word from our sponsor, Jigsaw Learning. Whether you lead at the school, district, or division level, you're serving a wide array of students, and you know that no one person has all the answers when it comes to meeting each of their needs. That's why Jigsaw Learning helps leaders and their staff and faculty to develop a collaborative approach. Every child deserves a team. And when you put together the pieces of effective collaboration, you can realize that team's full potential. Connection, relationships, and authentic collaboration are at the foundation of Jigsaw Learning's work. Through professional learning presented on-site, online, or a blend of both, 
Jigsaw's team of experienced learning associates works with you to develop a personalized plan to help collaborative response thrive in your organization. Learn why educators have described working with Jigsaw Learning as powerful, wonderful, and beneficial for all students. Visit jigsawlearning.ca and connect with the team for information. That's jigsawlearning.ca. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash B to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash B-E.